Come on, poke your neighbor and say, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, if you can believe it, we've been on a series of lessons called, come on, somebody help a preacher out, called what? A man in Christ. Do you know that this is the 14th week? If you've been with us, come on, this is week 14. Dear Lord, that's three months plus. Come on. How, how many know that sometimes you, you kind of look at stuff and you go, I don't know how long you could actually preach this or say this or study this. Well, it's, some things are just endless. And so this is really a series that I sense that God wanted us to delve into, dive into, because there's so many great things from the word of God as we're building, uh, we're building our faith. We're building a, a highway of, of receiving, think, uh, understanding what God has for us. And, and today is it's going to be a continuation of that, uh, where we've been and where we're going to go today. So if you haven't been with us, what I want to do is just take a couple seconds and give you the cliff notes of where we have been. Look on the screen behind me. We found out weeks and weeks ago that we're made spirit, soul, and body. We're made in God's image, in our spirit, in our spirit. We're not made in God's image with your hair color. You're not made in God's image with your skin color. You're made in God's image, spirit. Spirit to spirit. We're born of the Spirit of God, but we're spirit, soul, and body. Again, we've said this many, many times before. you got to keep the order correct. Spirit, soul, and body. I am a spirit. I have a soul, a mind, will, emotions, intellect, thinking, reasoning, and I live in a physical body. When the physical body dies, it doesn't mean I die. It just means the physical body's dead. There is a spirit and there's a soul that you take with you one of two places, heaven or hell. We found out, secondly, that Adam, the first man, sinned, and that sin condition was passed down to every man. Adam and Eve, Adam was made perfect, made in the image of God, and made like God. He was, he was commit, uh, commissioned by God to rule and to reign, to have dominion over the fish of the sea, come on, the birds of the air, come on, everything that creeps on the earth, to have dominion. I've given you authority. He told God told him to multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over all that. That was God's assignment for his life. We know that Adam willfully uh, uh, through the deceit of the enemy, he willfully partook of that fruit. There was something inside him that wanted to be like God. Eve was deceived. Adam was not. We found out he willingly partook of that, tr of, of that fruit, and sin entered the human race. So we found out also that every person is born with a sin, sin nature in need of a savior who redeems. No one escapes this. You don't get good enough. You don't get good. You don't can't do good enough works to go to heaven. We're all born with a sin nature. Again, humorously, I always say this at a point like this. You go down to the nursery today, our zero to twos down there, and there's going to be some babies that they are cute. Man, you parents, man, you got those kids looking cute. But you go down there and you have a toy over there. Somebody is going to beat that other kid to get that toy. Inside those beautiful kids is a sin nature. I'm selfish. I want something that's not mine. That is the sin nature inside all of us. We found out that Jesus came to the earth and took man's place. He was sinless. He was perfectly righteous. It took a righteous, pure, sinless man, which happened to be God-man, Jesus, to take our place. No man could redeem themselves. No man or woman can be good enough to be right before God. It took the holy God to take on human flesh to redeem us from our sin. And come on, somebody say, thank God he did. Amen, everybody? He went to the cross, we found out, and paid the penalty, paid the debt of our sin. We found out that Jesus destroyed the power of sin and Satan, and now mankind, now we can be free. He destroyed the power of sin and Satan. A couple weeks ago, we found that Jesus rose victorious 
from the grave. With his blood, he secured our redemption. We're not, we're not redeemed with the blood of goats or calves, but with the precious blood. Come on, somebody. The scripture actually says he was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus, the plan of God was for Jesus to come. Jesus said yes before he said in the garden, I'll do your will. He said yes then, but in his physical flesh, he had to surrender to the will of God. We found out that he is now at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning in whoever allows. And last week and two weeks ago, I guess we started finding out that we're no longer identified with your old sin or old self. Your identification is now in Christ. A man or a woman in Christ now has a new identification. That's why we've said for weeks and weeks that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us that we're a new man in Christ. Old things passed away. All things have become new. Where did all things become new? I got a new job. I got $5 more an extra an hour. That's not where all things became new. All things became new on the inside. The sin nature is gone. This, the hold and the struggle of sin is broken. Now I've got to know that, but it is broken. I can, I can surrender to that. I can flow with that. I can welcome that. I've got to renew my mind to that. My spirit says yes. My flesh and my body are what's going to continually give me struggles. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 7, and he says, man, I'm in this fight that my flesh wants to do something crazy, and my spirit wants to do something, something for God. And he says, who's going to deliver me from this flesh? And he says, thank God, through Jesus Christ, I can be delivered. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. We can be free. We can walk in that freedom. Yeah, yeah. We can know the truth. Guess what Jesus said in John 8? We can know the truth, and the truth you know will keep on making you free. We'll keep setting you free. So, so, so we got to keep knowing the truth. And so our identification with who we are in Christ is going to be, is going to be a huge key and component in you staying, being free and staying free, getting free and living free. Uh, being free and continually expecting I can have more freedom. I don't have to keep getting hung up and hooked up and broken and, and, and rebroken. And, and like we said last week, where, where, where God's now, now uh, my, my pot was broken and, and he, he put me on the wheel and, and now I'm a whole pot. My pot doesn't have to keep cracking. Quit being a crack pot. Remember, you're a new creature in Christ. This is who you really are. But again, as we've said, that reality runs counter to my flesh, to my feelings, to my reason, to my education, or to my past. And this is what happens right now when kids are going to college. It probably happens in high school, but college for sure. Kids that were like on fire serving God in youth group or young adults or something like that. And they go to college and some dingbat professor who's got authority, of course, tells them, oh, you know, the Bible's really not, you know, and Jesus, oh, you believe all that? Nah, you know, and, and that's just old fables and that's all. And, and, and all of a sudden those words, those words start penetrating a person's life and heart that were once strong. And if they don't come back, listen, if they don't keep coming back to no, 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 this is who I am and this is who I have and this is who Christ made me to be you will then surrender that position and you'll fall back. 
It happens in our young people. It happens in our older people as well. So the, the, the truth of God's word is going to run counter to what my feelings are telling me, what my mind's telling me, what the culture's telling me, what education's telling me, what even my past is telling me. How could God love you? Don't you know that you've done this and, and you've been involved in this and, and, and you hurt that person and you slept with that person and, and you were drugging over here and, and dear Lord, you just shot up last night. How could God ever work in your life? The truth is and the scripture's clear that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. He is. Not one day gonna be. Not if you pray hard enough. Not if you bring a Bible to church. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And you have to continually be reminded of that. And you have to continually stand in the authority of that. Or else there will come a blow and a wind and a hurricane that will blow your tent down. Will flood your parking lot. Will leave you with a mess in your life. And so you have to continually believe the word of God and stand on the authority of who he is and who he's made you to be. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Yeah. Well, if we're going to clap, let's clap just a little bit better than that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I know you're going to be shouting whenever you watch your football game later on. Come on. Come on. Go Chargers. Ooh. Ooh. Go Raiders. Oh, okay. 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 Padres? Oh, no, 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 man. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, somebody. I don't know. Aztecs? I don't know. They got smashed last night, didn't they? They got killed last night. What happened to what happened to sports in San Diego? Anyway, all right. They need to be in Christ, don't they? They can get in Christ. Second Peter chapter one, verse two, three, four. You got to know this. Listen, you got to know this. You got to know this. Second Peter chapter chapter one, two, three, and four. Let's read verse two. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Check it out. Read the last phrase. Through the, come on, help me, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We've said this for, for months now. Read the Bible slow. Grace and peace be yours. And how much? Abundance. How's it going to be yours? Keep, keep, in abundance, keep reading. Through, how? Through the knowledge of what? Of, of God and, and, and of Jesus our Lord. So Peter says, based on what we've been learning from Paul, that the more you know about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, the more you're going to experience grace and peace in your life. Through the knowledge of God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. The more you know from the Word what's yours, it's directly connected to tapping into the grace of God and the peace of God in your life. If you don't know, and if you're not continuing to know, life and circumstances and culture will, again, blow your house down, sweep that foundation away. So having continual knowledge of God and of who Jesus is in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and now... Who you are because of who he is, is going to be substantial in you walking in victory. Verse 3, look what he says. His divine power, it keeps getting better. His divine power has, past tense, given 
us everything we need for a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of Him. Who has called you? By His own glory and goodness. Again, He called you by His own glory and goodness. Apart from any work you've done, apart from anything you could bring to Him, He chose uh, he, we don't believe in predestination, meaning God's choosing you and not choosing you. I see from Scripture, everybody's chosen. You get a choice to pick him. God loves everybody. He wants everybody to say, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. So the Scripture's real clear that if I want God, God's already said, I want you. And he's going to give me and he's going to give you his own Glory and his own goodness. Come on, we, we, we believe that goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our life. Come on, that's Old Testament. Come on, the goodness and the, and the grace of God is now manifested in and through the person, Jesus Christ, who happens to live in every believer through the person of the Holy Spirit. He manifests himself. He brings the peace of God. He brings the grace of God. He reveals truth. He gives you knowledge. He gives you wisdom. He gives you direction. He'll give you purpose. It's in you. Scripture says his divine power. Listen, not natural power. His divine power has given unto us everything we need. Everything you need. Everything. Thing you need is given to you in Christ. Everything you need to live godly, to live holy, to live pure, to live above culture, to live above addiction, to live above whatever crazy is going on. Confusion of all sorts. Everything you need has already been given to you the minute you said yes to Jesus. Now, you got to keep knowing this. You got to keep understanding this. You got to keep growing in this because there will continually be a push against you and me with culture, with feelings, with reason, with all kinds of things that will try to discount this truth from the validity working in your life. That's why we're a proponent that you need to read the Word of God every day. Come on, everybody. Verse 4, look what Peter says. Through these, through these what? Through this divine power. Through these, he has given to us. Here's a couple different translation words I threw in there for free. His exceedingly, magnificently, very great and precious promises. So that through them, through them what? Through them exceedingly, magnificently, very great and precious promises, you may partake in the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world caused by evil desires or lusts. The way a man, the way a woman, the way a teenager escapes the corruption, escapes the sin, escapes the evil in the world is through these exceeding, great, precious, magnificent promises. If you do not know about the exceeding, great, precious, and magnificent promises you will not be able to stand against the pressure, the feelings, and the belief structure going on in the world. Scripture's pretty clear. So, these promises, look on the screen. The promises of who you are and what you have 
are the key to activating and participating and enjoying the spiritual nature in you. Yes, you are a man in Christ. Yes, you have been delivered from the power of the enemy. Yes, he has given you authority over all the works of the enemy. But if you do not know these exceeding great and precious promises, even though that's deposited in you, you will not be able to stand against those attacks. You got to know it. Because that nature is in you. Even just, just think with me, uh, um, um, just with uh, you all that remember this in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 through to, uh, 22 through 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Just those nine fruit of the Spirit are inside every born-again believer. They're inside every one of us. But if you don't know that promise... They'll come to situations in your life where, where you're, you're, you won't walk in love. You have no peace. There's no joy and continual expectation of God working in your life. There, there, there's always sorrow and always heartache and, and always somebody's out to get me. And, 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 and there's no ability to suffer long and be able to hold under any kind of pressure or weight when things go a little sideways in your life. You always cave. Listen to me. These exceeding great and precious promises allow you to tap into the divine nature and live above the swell and the sway and the wind and the waves of this earth. And you will be a different kind of person. Can I say it this way? You will be a different kind of believer. Because there's believing believers, but how many know there's just some unbelieving believers? Some people that they, 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 they're going to heaven, but they, they don't believe the word. They don't really, I mean, come on, they don't believe the authority that you can, you can actually walk in victory, that your marriage can be healed, that, that you can walk above the fray, you can be, you can be holding your life in, in your body, that, that your kids can actually love Jesus. They don't believe all that stuff. These exceeding great and precious promises that are connected to your identification in Christ are going to be the key for you to walk in victory. Can I get an amen in the room? We've looked at this before, but it just fits here good. One more time to be reminded of it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. The apostle Paul writes this, but God. Come on, somebody yell, but God. Come on. But God, who is rich in mercy. Come on. He's rich in mercy. You just stop with those four words right there, five words. He's rich in mercy because of his great love. Again, this is what God's done for you and me, apart from anything we could do for ourselves or towards God. He loved us. He's rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ by grace. Come on, somebody. You have been saved. And he raised us up, verse 6, together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now, when you read that and with the natural mind, you go, how can this happen? I'm here. I live in, I, come on, I live in National City. I got a job here. And yet the brother's telling me he made me alive together with Christ. The brother's telling me he raised me up together in Christ. The brother's telling me he made me sit together in heavenly places. This book is full of booyah. No. Because you are here, but you're also there. You're living a, a, a natural existence, but you're also living a supernatural spiritual existence. 
the power from there is affecting the power that's here. The power from there has authority over the power here. And so the scripture tells us real clear that he made you alive together with him. Made your spirit alive. Scripture's real clear. He raised you up. Listen, listen. When Christ was raised, when Christ was made alive, you were made alive. When Christ was raised up, you were raised up. When Christ was seated, you as a believer are now seated together in Christ. So, so, so what's dominating you? What's messing with you? What looks impossible as we've sang today? You know, everything is possible. What, what, what is that? If you start getting the picture, if you'll start getting the image, if you start renewing your mind, I've been made alive in Christ. I've been raised up in Christ. I'm seated together in Christ. What's Christ doing? Ruling and reigning. This is my spiritual position. This is where your authority comes from. This is how, when you're here, you look at impossible situations and you kind of got that little smirk in the side of your face going, you're about to change. Come on, somebody. That, that's it. Come on. I'm, I'm going to put a word on that. Come on, everybody. Come on. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to slap the, put the blood of Jesus on that thing right there. Come on, everybody. This is where you live and you, and you don't go crazy. And, you, and, you, and it's not weird. It's just, it's just who you are. And somebody said this, that's that, that, that when Jesus took mankind to himself, he gave mankind everything he is. When Jesus took mankind to himself, he then gave mankind every single thing he is. Jesus didn't hold anything back. Everything he was in his death, burial, and resurrection, now he's deposited and credited to your account. You've got to keep seeing yourself this way. Keep seeing yourself this way. Now, now what we see here in this verse is that we hear and we see this, this, uh, this, this thought that the Apostle Paul brings to us, for it's grace that you've been saved. It's by grace that you've been saved. And, and so uh, what we know from, from what grace is, is that God's grace and divine favor provided this for you one more time, apart from any work that you could done. Nothing you could do could make you right with Jesus. He simply, when you said yes to him, he deposits everything to your account. This is your spiritual position in Christ. This is where your authority is found to rule and reign. This is the same authority, if I could say it this way, this is the same authority that God gave Adam to rule and have dominion over the creation that he deposited and put him in in the garden. Listen, God's given you authority in the realm of influence where he puts you. He wants you to rule. He wants you to reign. He wants you to have dominion over whatever it is that God's given into your care. In your own life, in your own mind, in your own marriage. Not dominating your spouse or, or not dominating your kids. I'm talking about keeping the devil off everybody and everything that God's put in your charge. Come on, does that make sense, everybody? Just saying, no, that's what it looks like right now. But come on, you know, come on, you, you, that, that ain't the way it's always going to be. We're going to get, come on, we're going to get the devil off you. We're going we're gonna to cast the devil out of this situation. Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking this past week, and just this phrase came up to me. And so, I, 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 but, but uh, it might mean more to me than it means you. But this, this is what we're talking about. Listen, this is where the inequities 
This is where you win over the inequities of life. Listen, right here. This is where you win over the inequities of life. I never knew my mom. never knew my dad. I was born with... I was born poor. I'm the wrong skin color. My family situation. My physical challenge. I, 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 I'm dealing with this. I'm, I, I was born with this. I, I, I've got this in my life right now that I'm struggling with. Ethnic barriers. Challenges. Cultural pressures all around us. This Understanding of who you are in Christ is where you win over all the inequities that life tries to throw at you. If I, if, if I only had a parent like that that, 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 that paid for my house and I could get ahead. If I only had a parent like that, that, that pulled me to that university. If I wasn't involved... If, if I wasn't this skin color, if I wasn't this man or this woman in this world, or whatever it is. If you understand who you are in Christ, you'll be able to rise above all the inequities of life. A.J. Gordon, he wrote a great book about in Christ, and let me give you this quote. Christ, in raising man into union with himself, raises him to all that belongs to him into his divine life, and into partnership with his divine work. So that he dives in his death, ascends in his ascension, is seated with him at the Father's right hand, and lives in his eternal life. Jesus' life is now your life. Apostle John says, as he is, so are we in this world. So are we. As he is right now, seated, ruling, reigning at the right hand of the Father, so are we right now in this world. That we can rule, we can reign, we can have dominion over ourselves, over our flesh, over the enemy, over things that come against us because of our identification in Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be to Christ. Come on, thanks be to God. Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, thanks be to God. Come on, somebody. How about all week long? How about tomorrow morning you get up and just raise your hand? Come on, before you have a cup of coffee. Now, thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph in Christ. Come on. You're, you're, uh, come on. I'm not trying to. I'm not, I'm, I'm not praying to get triumph. No, no, no. I'm going to triumph in Christ. It, it, his triumph is now accredited to my account. Come on. I'm not hoping to. I'm not praying to. I'm not reading, you know, memorizing enough books of the Bible. No, I, I'm going to triumph in Christ because of what he's done for me in his death, burial, and resurrection. Can I get an amen in the house? Yeah. Come on. I, I want to read you, and we're, gonna, can't, we're just going to stay here for the rest of our time, just 10 more minutes or so. But uh, there, there are certain scriptures in, in, in the Bible that, that we're trying to bring to you and your awareness. One today in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, 3, and 4. Uh, that uh, you need to go. You're going to tap into the exceeding great and precious promises that, that are yours, and uh, you're going to tap into that divine nature by these promises. So you've you got to know some promises. Well, I'm going to give you a promise today. 
I want to give you a promise from the word of God today that you, you got to, I hope you'll take to heart and you'll just bask in it and you'll think about it and meditate on it during the week. It's from Romans chapter 5, verse 17. The apostle Paul writing to a church and he says this, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Now stop right there. If you've been with us many, many weeks ago, we found out that the man he's talking about is Adam. Adam. That through one man, Adam, through one man's offense, his sin, his trespass, his missing the mark, his, his, his disobeying God, through that offense, then death reigned through the one. Death passed to every man. It says now, but much more, much more, those who receive, those who receive, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Two things allow every man and woman in the room for all time, forever born on the earth, to win over the inequities of life. He tells us here, two ingredients that you need to be aware of, that you need to be conscious of, that you need to be cognizant of, that you need to keep your finger on in your own life. Two areas where the enemy will continually challenge you, try to thwart you, try to push you back in a corner from understanding how God could work in your life because this situation is different than that situation. Two areas that will continually demand your attention, your focus, and your continual revelation of who God is, what he's provided for you in his death, burial, and resurrection. He says here that you're going to reign in life through the abundance of grace, and number two, through the gift of righteousness. Grace, grace, grace is God's unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. God gives it to you. Every adult, every excuse me, every parent in the room, before that child was born, I don't know, I'm just thinking about our first child, Michael. Gosh, he's 36, so that goes back a couple years. Before he was born, you know, Kimberly and I, you know, she, she had the list of what she wanted, and she wanted the crib, and and all the stuff that goes with it. She wanted the room done. We, we, we were uh, youth pastors in Tennessee. And we had a two-bedroom town home. And, you know, I was making no money. I was making $1,000 a month trying to support a family. And, and yet trying to scrimp together all the money I could to try to make, a, make, make something beautiful for this child. You know, beautiful, little soft, soft to the touch blankets and, you know, just stuff on the wall and little pillows. And this child couldn't give anything to me. But out of the goodness of my heart, the grace, the unmerited, unearned, and deserved favor, I wanted to bless this child. Three other kids after that want to do the same thing for them. And I thought that it would end. 
after your kids get to be a certain age. But then you know what? Them stinking kids get married. And then they have this, 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 the, the audacity to have these people called grandkids. And so your heart was large with your own kids, but let me tell you what, your heart swells even larger with your grandkids. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm gonna reign through life, through the abundance of grace, but then also the gift of righteousness. So this righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without the sense of shame, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority. That I can come boldly to the throne room of grace to find grace and mercy to help in time of need. No shame, no guilt, no inferiority. I belong here. I'm one of your favorite. Early in the morning, you're going to hear my voice. I'm going to cry out to you. Not based on who I am and how good I am. No, 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 no. I'm going to come boldly by and through the blood of Jesus. You made a way for me. There, there, there's a door opened. It's a door open. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to win in life. I'm going to reign in life through these two ingredients. You got to know about them. So let's just wind this ship down just a minute. Grace, listen, don't lose me here. Grace in its original condition that the Apostle Paul wrote in his epistles, it means a gift. And some of you will remember a scripture in the book of Proverbs that says a gift will make room for a person. I'm not talking about your ability to sing. I'm not talking about your ability to read scriptures or preach your gift no you know what the gift is a physical gift your gift will bring you before great people your gift will cause a door to be opened paul uses that same word the gift the gift in bible days was given with the intention and expectation of a returned gift listen to me listen to me listen to me if you received a gift from somebody, you just entered into a partnership with the giver. It's interesting. You go to certain cultures, if they give you something and you receive it, they are expecting something in return. That's exactly what this is talking about. So absolutely, grace is God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. But look on the screen. This gift of grace is given with the expectation of reciprocity or a response. It's something that we received. Now God says, I want you to do something in response to what you've received. For Paul, this grace is unconditioned, but it is not unconditional. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You can't earn it. It's been given to you freely. Now I, God talking, expect something in return. I expect your life. I expect the grace that I put inside you to be used for me. Can I tell you something? The grace in all of our lives isn't just for a natural thing. It's for a supernatural spiritual thing as well. And many times it's the same grace. 
Listen, so, so if, if, if you're a teacher, guess what? And you do it naturally, there's grace to do it spiritually. Yeah. Don't confuse that. And it's not given on the basis of worth. It's, but there is an expectation of return, Paul's saying. You're not, you're not saved by works. You're saved for works. That's why the Apostle Paul says this. By the grace of God in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am. I, this is who I am. This is who God made me. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I did something. I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. The grace is working in me to work something out of me. The grace that I've received, the righteousness, the gift of righteousness that I've received cannot just be for myself. It must be used in sacrifice and service for his will and his kingdom and his purpose to be done in the earth. Or else it dies with me. And the scripture is real clear. God doesn't want any gift and any grace to die with you. He wants it to multiply through you. So I need to understand more and more my identification with Christ. And I need to be able to tap into those divine promises, that, that, that divine nature. It, it allows me to live above the effects and the, the scourge of the earth. And I need to continue to be reminded that it's by His grace, His unearned, undeserved favor, unmerited favor, couldn't, couldn't work enough for it, that He's going to begin working in my life. And I've I, I received the gift of righteousness, but, but the gift I've received, can I say it this way? God's got His hand out from, for you this morning, saying, saying would, you, would, would you now work for me in the kingdom of God on the earth? Would, would you use your ability for a kingdom perspective. God's calling you today. God, God, God's, God's speaking to you today to follow his purpose and plan for your life. And not to say, I can't, I won't. No, 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 listen. The grace is there. The ability is there. The standing with God is there. It's just waiting for you and I to surrender our heart, to say, here I am, Lord. I'll do what you told me to do. I'll be the man, be the woman, I'll be the husband, I'll be the wife, I'll be the, the student, I'll be the young adult you called me to be. I'm, I'm going to stand firm for you against the attacks of the enemy. And I want your will and your purpose to be realized in my life. Come on, all of the rooms stand up. Would you do it this morning? Come on. Let's pray. Father God, we just pray. Men and women in Christ. Men and women. Lord God, that through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we could rule and we could reign. And we could partake of the divine nature. We could escape the corruption that's in the world. Father, I pray today that every person where the enemies entangled them and has, has grabbed them, Lord God, that there's been an unraveling all day. Lord God, eyes are being opened, ears are being opened, hearts are being opened to your purpose and your plan. Lord God, callings and giftings that have been dormant. Lord God, that they're being, they're being stirred up today. They're being strengthened today. Lord God, uh, no, no, no matter what's gone on, the inequities of life and, and what's happened to us or what's, who's done whatever to us, oh God, your power and your, your goodness is, is destroying that, Lord God, this morning. Your divine favor, 
Come on, church, your divine favor. Come on, your divine favor is working and going before us today, Lord God. I thank you that we've been raised with Christ. We've been seated with Christ. We're in Christ. Oh, Lord God, you're giving us knowledge today. We can rule. We can reign. We can be the people that you called us to be, oh God. We bless your name, oh God. Come on, we thank you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. Come on, sing with us, oh God. Come on, sing. He's a mighty God. surrender come on all over the room heads bowed eyes closed come on you just know right now I'm just not I'm just not all right I'm just not all right maybe you're saved you're going to heaven but you know there's just some entanglements of the flesh of the world that's keeping you down It's like walking some of the streets around Chula Vista and just walking to a cobweb. There's, it's just, I'm entangled. I feel it. It's there. I want it off me. Come on, all over the room. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just in all honesty, it's just you. That's, raise your hand. Say, that's me. Lord, pray for me this morning. Come on, all over the room. That's me. The entanglements, the stronghold of the enemy, the flesh. Come on, all over the room. Thank you for your honesty. Father, I pray all over the room, every hand raised, the web that the enemy has woven in their lives, come on, in Jesus' name, we speak it be broken, it be destroyed right now. Come on, you that raised your hands right now, use your voice. Just say, I call that thing down. I call it broken. 
I call the, come on, I'm going to serve God. Come on, lift your voice, lift your voice. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to follow God. I want Jesus in my life. I say yes to you. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say no to my flesh. I say no to my will. I say no to my emotions. I say no to my past. I say no to that addiction. I say no to that stronghold. I say yes to Jesus. I say you're the Lord of my life. Come on, let me hear you. You're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my life. Come on, you're the Lord. Lord of my life. Come on, you're the Lord of my life. Come on, you're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of, come on, you're the Lord of my life. Come on, let him hear you. Come on, he's a mighty God. Come on, you're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. You're a mighty God. What a mighty God. Come on, one more time. Let him hear you. What a mighty God. You're working. You're working, oh God. talking to Giuseppe this past week and we were just talking and and something came up in me I just will leave you with this today Genesis chapter 22 you know the story Abram's going up to Mount Moriah God told him go up there and offer up your son right remember that Isaac's the type of Jesus being offered up remember that gets up there lays him on the on the rock and he gets that knife drawn and there's Isaac going, whoo, better be God, right? Better be a God. And, and before Abraham's getting ready to drop that knife and, and kill his own son, an angel Lord cries out and says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Now I know you'll fear God, right? Now I know, now I know. Brought him to the brink. Brought him right to the point of, whoo, don't know what you're going to do. There better be a God. The scripture says that Abram looked and there was a ram caught in the thicket. Remember that? He didn't see it before. But when he needed to see it, it was there. So I get the picture. As Abram and Isaac are walking up Mount Mor Moriah, they got the wood, they got the fire, they got the knife. They're walking up, three-day journey. While they're walking up one side of the mountain, there's a ram walking up the other side of the mountain just couldn't see it can I tell you what's going on right now because you've been in here worshiping the Lord and magnifying the Lord can I tell you something's getting ready to meet you that you don't see right now yeah something's getting ready to come across your path come on a new job come on right relationship come on wisdom that you need come on help that you need come on divine favor that you need Come on, while you're in here, come on, God's working at your kids and your grandkids over there. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Come on, while we're in here, supernatural things are going on. Come on, everybody. That's why every day we just bless the Lord on my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name.
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Come on. Who forgives all my sins, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Come on, everybody. Something supernatural has gone on and is going on in your life right now. Keep finding out who you are in Christ. Keep finding out and tapping into, tapping into the abundance of grace and the gift. Think, think about it. The gift of righteousness. No sense of shame, guilt, inferiority with God. I receive that gift. So tomorrow morning, whether I feel like it or not, got a bunch of sleep in my eye at 4.30. Before the coffee's brewing, I'm coming to you, Father. And I just want you to know, I'm glad I'm your son. No feeling, no emotion. Going to read the word. Whether I open it up and all of a sudden revelation comes or I open it up and go, it was good today. It was good. Listen to me. I'm going to eat the word. I'm going to keep coming. Because something was working in me that I ate last week. Still working in me. Word of God's working in you. Amen, everybody. Praise the Lord. What an amazing Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a great week. Come on. Let us know what goes on in your week. Because something, listen to me. I'm just telling you.